Super Talk Mississippi media production. Is there gumbo in your refrigerator? Or, like me, are there other things going on, like leftover green beans and sweet potatoes, all of those things? How are you doing? How's the garden? I have to say, my pansies are looking absolutely beautiful. There are many, many, many opportunities for them to um, go through the roller coaster of weather that we're we're experiencing just now. But uh, guess what? They're doing all right. I hope yours are, too. I do have a little bit of a story to tell you this morning, first thing here on Weekend Gardening. There's uh, something about gardening that we talk about in terms of control. A lot of us want to control things because nothing can be controlled, or most things can't. However, the good news is that that when you get into the garden, generally speaking, if you do what is necessary, take care of the plants in the appropriate way, they will reward you without ever talking back. Well, I shouldn't say those things out loud because guess what? One, only one, one of the daffodils that I planted has already come up and is three inches tall. Now, it shouldn't be there. This should not. But then that, you know. Saucer magnolia shouldn't be blooming up the street either. That blooms in the spring before the leaves come on. The leaves are about to come off the tree, and it's already got flowers on it again. Hmm. I heard someone else talking about other things in bloom and stuff putting on new growth and worrying about it. Relax. There's nothing you can do anyway, so you may as well just go, hmm, and learn the word anomalous. Anomalous is what happens when it's out of sync. It's out of character. It's out of time. All right. It's not that it's wrong. The trees are going to bloom. The daffodils are going to come up. But it's anomalous for it to be happening, you know, three weeks after going in the ground rather than three months or two months anyway. Hmm. What's on your mind today? How is your garden growing? I noticed that the uh, stream has frozen. You might want to turn that off and back on, as we say around here. There's sometimes uh, sometimes things work just like they're supposed to. Other times, not so much. Triple eight eight zero eight eight six three seven. That is the Super Talk call line. Six zero one eight seven nine four three nine five gets you into the C Spire text line and brings you along with uh, our our friend Greg and Nettleton, who is cold this morning. He's letting us know how things are in his part of the world. And uh, thank you very much, Greg. Things are good. It's it's chilly, but already warming up in here in the central part of the state. I'm uh, I'm wearing a sweater. That rarely happens, so it must be chilly. Susan Loosedale, meanwhile, it's not doing anything there. Thanksgiving in Greene County is magnificent with zinnias. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful flowers. Thank you. Just lovely. I do like a fresh-picked bouquet on the Thanksgiving table, especially when it can be something from the out, outer, outside garden that is this gorgeous. Those are just beautiful. Thanks for showing them to us. Appreciate you very, very much. Ken says that uh, he, the only thing he's got left is potato salad. Friends brought him plates of food. He ate everything but that, so that'll be lunch. That sounds like a good choice for lunch. I, I think that's all right. I really do think that's all right. Now, I have to say, I've got to start doing something with green onions. They are busting out all over the place, just beautiful. Everything from the Mississippi 100-year-old onion to the shallots to the 
white and yellow and even red um, Cipollinis that have, have managed to make it through this crazy last year in my lack of storage. <laughs> but there it all is. Um, they're doing well. They need to be eaten. And I made a mistake and fertilized the parsley, so it's really growing. I probably need to do that, too. I think I might end up with uh, some of that some of that leftover chicken bones and whatnot. Yes, I did Cornish hens. Um, I enjoyed that. I like cooking those. They're fun. And I cook turkey all the time, so Cornish hen is kind of the, the speciality for the holiday, I've decided. I like that. What's going on in your garden? Well, what's going on in mine, other than needing to dig up and move some things? Um, I have a couple of blueberry bushes that have really grown from their starts, and I've got the front part almost prepared to put them in. Now i got to try and figure out how tall that variety gets and whether or not I can keep it cut off at about three feet so it fits in with the rest of the plants in that space between the house and, of course, the, uh, the, the street known as the Hell Strip. Um, I can't remember who first told me about that. But it's kind of like deviled eggs. There are people who call them decorated eggs or pretty eggs because they don't want to use that reference. And I understand that. That's fine. There's there's a lot of words I don't use um, that people think it's it's weird. People think everybody should know who is S-T-U-P-I-D. I spell that in case there's a young child. I don't want them to know the word because nobody is. Learn that from my mother. Everybody has a story to tell. You have to listen. It's your job. So that's kind of what I love doing about in this particular world of gardening because everybody's plants have a slightly different story to tell. That's uh, some of the things that I write about in my All Things Garden Mama Weekly. I've decided that we all need some problem-solving plants. We need to know what's going to work, what's not going to work. And in this particular week's edition, it's Coral Honeysuckle. For those of you who have yellow-flowered Japanese honeysuckle that crawls all over everything and gets in the way and creates just a terrible mess because the plants, they're so invasive, this is not that. This is in the same family, but just like there's some members of your family that you may like better than others, you're going to like this honeysuckle better than that honeysuckle. Carl honeysuckle is much better behaved, still quite vigorous, but it's not going to spread underground, and it's not going to be, it, it'll grow about 10 feet in a year, and, and a little more perhaps, but, but it does need to be trained where you want it to go. It's still, even if you left it alone, it's not going to crawl over all the shrubs. So it's a beautiful um, hummingbird plant, and one that I hope that you will appreciate and get into. It will solve the problem. I want sulfurea. That is the version of coral honeysuckle that is bright yellow, and I've I've decided that that's I need a I need a new vine, and that's the one I'm going to look for next. But there are several several named varieties, and that's only one of them. Now tell me what you think. How often do we have the opportunity to get to study sharks close enough to know what's in the water next to them? Very seldom. Most of what we see in shark footage is drone footage these days. Um, hopefully not. Hopefully people look at that before they go swimming, but still sometimes we do encounter rather up-close videos. Um, 
Don't know if that's what GoPro intended to, <laughs> was for people to show their leg being bitten, but those are some of the most dramatic videos you'll ever see. However, guess what? There's a relationship that has developed over time, and the University of Miami um, marine and atmospheric folks want you to know that there are fish that, much like we understand other creatures develop relationships even with things that are dangerous for them, you know, like dating and things like that. In this case, it can turn out very, very well, you know, like dating and things like that. Rubbing up against a shark might sound a little bit risky if you're a fish. However, it turns out it's not only frequent and widespread, but it could also play a really important role in not only cleaning, but staying in tune with the water around them for those particular predators. It's called chaffing. And it has been previously observed in, in, in some settings, but this is the first time for, that a study has been done, again, underwater photos, videos, witness reports, and my favorites, the drones, have all taken a good look to find 47 instances that they were able to document in 13 different locations, all right? Eight seconds in some cases, over five minutes in other cases. I love this. Twelve fin fish chasing against eight different species of sharks, including the great whites, believe it or not. They even documented um, silky sharks, those little sharks, chafing on the head or chaffing on the head of a whale shark. In other words, um, the whole business is, has been well documented, but this is the first time that, and, and of course, fish and things around them, they'll scrape on the substrate. They'll, they'll get up against something that's got a rough surface to it to take care of their skin. But this is the first time where we've actually seen the prey species want to warm up to the predator species and take care of this effort. Now, I don't know if they think that's going to get them in good, with because I have a feeling when it's time for lunch, it's still time for lunch. But it is a behavior that has not been documented before and one that studies will undoubtedly go forward to understand more and more of why. Um, the, the dermal denticles, I love that term. That's the rough, sh rough skin on a shark. If you've never petted a shark, I suggest that you go somewhere where you get a chance to do that, not at your risk. But um, I'm sure that I've told you about my boss that would bring in nurse sharks in, in um, big, well, they were not that big. These are little bitty sharks in, in ice chests and uh, have them swimming around in the produce department on his way to take them somewhere that he was going to put them, put them somewhere else. And they, he, we could pet them. But you can also go in, in quite a few of oceanariums and those sorts of things um, and have an opportunity to pet sharks and, and have other creatures that you wouldn't ordinarily get that close to. Some wonderful tidal pool experiences, all those sorts of things. And I really have to tell you, you shouldn't pass that up because that kind of sensate contact makes a big difference in your opinion about these creatures. If you never knew anything about, for example, if you never knew anything about predatory creatures in the ocean except jaws, you would probably never go in the water again. But trust me, it's okay. There's a lot of things you can do. Chafing against the shark skin probably has something to do not only with cleaning it, and getting the parasites off of it, but also probably feels good to the fish. So there's there's a couple of different 
theories about this, and I'm telling you there's going to be more and more. The aerial drone surveys were done in South Africa, um, and, and I loved that. Um, the the Lirvis fish was just beautiful. Lovely thing. Lovely thing that you should see. Um, let's see now. Ken's sending us a recipe with uh, turkey burgers. I'm not sure about that one, but okay. Oh, Varnado, thank you very, very much. He is uh, sending a beautiful, beautiful picture of sunrise today and also um, giving his wife props for her stuffed eggs, the best ones. Very cool. I had a friend yesterday that um, explained that he didn't have one of the dishes that they go in. Did you know that there's dishes for these things, for stuffed eggs? Well, there are. <laughs> I have one, actually. I don't think I've ever used it, but I do have one. Um I'm not going to repeat your comment, Greg, but I do think it's funny. I just can't do that. Let's hop to the telephone. What do you say? Harrison County. Jody's on the line. Welcome into Weekend Gardening. What's on your mind today? Ms. Nelly, how are you doing? Very well, thank you. What's up? Okay, I'm going to plant millet next year. Uh, very expensive to buy the seeds, so I've separated some out of my chicken mash. Ah. Um, that I believe that's golden pearl. Am I correct in that, I, or do you know? I do not know. I'd have to look at the list of ingredients. Okay. Well, <laughs> I know that's one of the safe ones to grow and eat, and uh, so it looks like it from everything I could tell. And some actually fell out and started growing, and I've got some of them collect fresh from the from the little millet plant. But the other question I had is, I had this ornamental corn. These are huge, long cobs. Mm -hmm. I remember as a kid, and forgive my lack of wokeness, but we called it Indian corn. My daddy found some and planted it, and it was delicious. Do you know if this is just going to be fodder for my animals, or is it worth eating? Generally speaking, um, the, the ornamental or decorative corns, the ones that were known for a long time as Indian corn, um, which is a literally advertising term because it doesn't have anything to do anyway um but but that they're not going to be tasty they're they would make fodder and yes you but the problem is that most of them have skins that are so thick the seed coat is going to be so thick that by the time you cooked it enough to get it soft enough to eat and or grind or do any of the other things that you would ordinarily do with corn you end up with more less seed and more skin and it's not tasty Okay. Well, I'm not going to tell you that people haven't done things and tried with it, but for the most part, um, if they want to grow a beautiful corn that you then can process and eat, they'll get blue corn, you know, or one of the other, one of the things that's an actual name variety of edible corn that's colorful. Okay. All right. Well, that's what I need to know. Thank you. Tell me now, how are things in, how are things in Harrison County today? Is it hot, cold, warm? What are you doing? Oh, it was. There was ice on the windshields this morning. Yeah, and, uh, for about a minute. <laughs> well, it wasn't quite uh, cold enough to hurt any of the plants. Uh, my garlic's doing beautifully and all that. But uh, it, it, it was cold enough for me to throw a coat on. Well, there you have it, friends. There's the report from the coast. Thank you, Jody. Good to hear from you today. Appreciate it very, very much. That's the sort of thing we do here on Weekend Gardening. If you happen to be driving from place to place today and you've 
suddenly discovered that your relatives that you've come to visit have this station on on their in their in their vehicle. Well, hey, how y'all doing? I hope that everybody had a good Thanksgiving and that you're getting along with your relatives well enough. I will tell you that this is the time of year that if you have maybe just gotten a little too close to your relatives or they've gotten a little too close to you or you're on your last nerve, this is when you take the rake and go out and start raking up the leaves and the pine straw. They will not help. Trust me. And if you're doing it for your relative that you're visiting because you want to get outside, they'll be so happy they'll invite you back again. <laughs> so enjoy your time. Uh, this is A lot of folks come south because they know that it's going to be so, so cold elsewhere. And we have got uh, a, a much better pattern of weather going. It's up, it's down, I know that. Um, but there's not there's nothing that bad about it. There's nothing um, nothing unpleasant at this particular point. Now, I'm not saying February won't have what we what we love to call those killer freezes, but right now things are growing and it's just cold enough to sort of hold the bugs down in some places. I don't know whether you want to hear this or not, friends. It kind of depends on, I guess, what kind of uh, stuffing you like. But um, when we talk about complex central nervous systems, we really do need to pay more attention to both the cephalopods and the decapods. What is she talking about? Well, of course, cephalopods are things like octopus. And decapods are things like crabs and lobsters. Sentience is the capacity to have feelings. And now, lots of folks are letting us know that those eight brains in the octopus and the crab's sensitivities can be recorded as sentience. Harumph. Something to think about. Perhaps a change of dessert? <laughs> we don't know. One thing may have to change, though, and that's the way we look at them, because there are laws, at least in the European countries, to keep us from eating them anymore. Hmm, think about it. This is Weekend Gardening. Prevention providers such as insurance agents and doctors are necessary, but they're not free. Another is 811. By calling 811 before you dig, pull a stump, or erect a mailbox, you could be preventing a call to 911. This service is free, and free is a beautiful thing. Hello, I'm Sam Johnson from Mississippi 811. Call 811 two days before you dig, and let's have zero damages, zero injuries. Are you looking for a contractor for your new home or remodel? Go licensed. Unlicensed contractors may try to convince you that pulling your own permit can save you money. But they may do shoddy work, or in some cases, no work at all, costing you far more in the long run. Protect yourself and your investment by comparing estimates from three licensed contractors. Remember, go licensed. For more information, contact the Mississippi State Board of Contractors at msboc.us. Are you having sewer and drain problems? Call the experts, Roto-Rooter. Since 1934, Roto-Rooter Plumbing has been fixing small home disasters. Mention this ad for $25 off any service. Call Roto-Rooter, 601-353-3333. That's 601-353-3333. 
Call Roto-Rooter, that's the name. And a winkle troubles down the drain. Roto-Rooter. Calling All Women, Innovative Health Clinic is hosting a meet and greet to discuss women's urinary incontinence Thursday, December 2nd from 3 to 7 p.m. A representative will be on hand to answer any questions about the MCELA, designed to help relieve urinary incontinence as well as a free 10-minute treatment. Food and beverages will be provided, so call Innovative Health Clinic in Ridgeland at 601-944-5585 and RSVP today. That's 601-944-5585. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. Celebrating our 40th anniversary at Cock of the Walk. Voted the best catfish in Mississippi with our grilled or fried catfish along with greens, coleslaw, and a skillet of our homemade cornbread. With locations on the Reservoir, Pocahontas, and one mile from the Grand Ole Opry in Nashville, Tennessee. Catfish, hush puppies, and fried dill pickles. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. I like chicken. I like fish. I like hush puppies. I love it. Catfish is excellent. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. I'm Dr. Baker, an ER physician. If you're having leg pain, swelling, or redness, but haven't talked to your doctor yet, don't wait. This could be deep vein thrombosis, a blood clot which could travel to your lungs and lead to a pulmonary embolism, which could cause chest pain or discomfort or difficulty breathing and be deadly. Your symptoms could mean something serious, so don't wait. Talk to a doctor right away, by phone, online, or in person. Brought to you by Bristol-Myers Squibb and Pfizer. You heard that safe drivers get rewarded with Snapshot from Progressive, so you went online to check it out. But then you saw an ad for a vintage baseball cap, and now you find yourself checking the stats of that team's second baseman in 97, wondering why his stolen base total dropped after his rookie season. Wonder how much his rookie card is worth. Yes, they said it was easy to save money with Snapshot from Progressive, but they forgot about the rest of the Internet. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Snapshot not available in California, North Carolina, or from all agents. At Ulta Beauty, we know getting ready for the holidays is what makes the holidays (laughs) the holidays. That shimmering anticipation in the air, lighting the room with scents of the season, setting the perfect table. But now, it's time for you to get ready with the red lip that says, it's so good to see you, and that gold shadow that makes you sparkle. So let's get ready to celebrate more, because it's moments like these that truly make up the holiday season. Ulta Beauty, the possibilities are beautiful. Thank you so much for deciding to put me in your ear today. I'm Garden Mama. The guy that answers the phone over there, his name is Daniel. If you happen to call today, and we certainly hope that you will, he'll be very nice, so you be nice, too. 888 the Super Talk call line. The ceasefire text line is also heated up for you today, 601-879-4395. I have uh, I've recently been given more stories than I would like to hear about 
people in retail establishments of one sort and another being mistreated by the people that come there to spend their money. I don't understand that. I'm not going to go anywhere that I'm going to spend money that I intend to be mean to the people that are going to tell me whether or not what I'm looking for is a good thing. Come on. (laughs) Can we not understand what will happen? You'll get home with the only pair of socks in the place that has a hole in a toe because you were so nasty or so. I mean, and it gets a lot worse than that. I'm making light of it where I shouldn't have to. I, um, I've not been on an airplane in a long time, but I have to say that if one of my friend's children, grandchildren, whatever, said that they wanted to be a flight attendant, I would have to caution them they need to think about that. And, and in, you know, you know, do you want to know how different it is? The airlines are now beginning to encourage their flight attendants, the, the female ones, the male ones already were wearing, obviously, pants and, and shoes, but to take off their high heels and put on pants and put on sneakers because they might have to run after a passenger or they might have to run in a certain circumstance. This is not what flying was supposed to be like. And unfortunately, it's it's a big metal thing that you're flying and you can't get out while you're in the air. So I don't really understand why people act this way. I'm trying to I'm trying to get to the origin stories of these things. I don't understand why you would be mean to the people that are preparing food you're going to buy. I don't I don't understand why you would take those frustrations out. I don't know why you would be meaner to the the people that you encounter randomly than you would be to any I don't know, I just don't get it. It doesn't make any sense to me. I I I know that I was in fact brought up to be probably one of those things called a pleaser that is to be too nice, but um, these days that's starting to look better. So be nice. Be at least as often as you can. Be nice. I didn't know this. University of Helsinki has just been letting us know they've been studying allergies and skin prob other kinds of skin problems in adult dogs. Since I have an adult dog that has some skin issues at my house, I'm concerned about this, but I've known an awful lot of dogs across time that that do as well. And they are telling us that by studying 4,000-plus dogs, can you imagine how many people that is? 4,000-plus dogs. Um, the, The puppies that had eaten the things that are against the, 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 the rules, so to speak, are actually the ones that are doing better as adults in terms of these allergies and skin problems. For example, um, puppies that did not get any raw food and grew up on dog foods, quote-unquote, maybe um, heat-dried parts rather than fresh parts and whatnot within those dog foods, actually had significantly more allergy problems. I'm fascinated by that. I don't know what it means in terms of, I mean, they don't know either. They're still studying it. But even as little as 20% of the diet being raw food. So the fact that my dog likes celery, I guess, is a good thing. I'm, I'm not really sure, interestingly enough. Um, Joe's in Madison today. Uh, uh, you just you make you write such great texts, Joe. You're fun. I'm snoring my plants in a double garage. What's the best way to keep the area warm? Um, if it has windows, the first thing to be aware of is that there will be some solar that comes in from there. So if you have, if, if, if one side of it has, has a couple of windows on it, you'll probably want to double that cover, put an extra layer of plastic so that it can heat up more and bring more warmth into the place. The second way, of course, is going to be really basic heaters. And this is a thing that you gotta, you, you have to really understand what you're doing and not be 
dumb about it. I almost said that word I don't use because I don't want you to burn your house down. Okay. So anyway, um, tell Preston that we'll get him a, a phone number at the break. And get get hold on to his phone number because I can't give you that over. I can't put that out over the air. I don't have it in my head, but I'll get it to you. Anyway, the um the the other the thing the ways of heating there's two or three of them. Some people prefer prefer a simple baseboard heater that goes along the side of the room because those run at very low efficiency. I mean I mean low um, economy, and they are very efficient. It's not an expensive thing to do. If you get past that and you have a cold enough environment where you can't add on maybe incandescent light bulbs in shop light fixtures these are not this is not a lamp you know but a but a nice shop light you just think of them as orange and they look kind of like a cage you know that's about 10 inches long those those kind of incandescent bulbs put out quite a bit of heat that can be helpful but if you get into other fuel sources be very very careful and make sure that you're venting if you're going to use natural gas or if you're going to use heavenly, I don't know, kerosene heaters and things like that, I'm not in favor of at all. But if any of those things in a garage that you're going to use, just be sure you have a vent. And be sure that you have a thermostat that turns it on and off. You can hook that up to anything. It doesn't have to be a fancy thermostat. It can even be a timer based on when you know that it's going to get cold and come on. You may not want it to come on till midnight because your floors, you've got sunlight coming in. You've got a nice warm floor. So those are all the things you have to consider. But I'm not in favor of um, kerosene heaters, for example, or even space heaters of any sort. I want you to use something that's intended for that environment, and that makes a lot of difference. Um, We'll get that information for Preston here in just a minute, I promise. Who knew? I just had no idea about dogs and diet as puppies, but, but they're going to tell us more about it. Because the folks at University of Helsinki, that's one of the places where they really study an awful lot of the animals that we hold on to. Uh, it's, it, it's an interesting group of folks. And I guess it's because, let's face it, I mean, you're in Finland, you're probably, your animals are going to be indoors a lot of the time. So you're more, you're not necessarily going to have a yard to let them out into except maybe a few months a year. That's a pretty high latitude. Latitude? Yeah, latitude. That's right. Triple eight eight zero eight eight six three seven. That is the phone number here, and here, of course, is weekend gardening. I am, uh, I'm kind of fascinated by the number of leaves that are falling because of this roller coaster in Zone Eight. You may be seeing, for example, if you're closer to Memphis, you may have already seen the ginkgo leaves just drop off, poof, gone. Beautiful sight. But here in Zone Eight. There's even some that have a couple of green branches left, and they're, they're turning yellow, but they're not quite there yet. I have also seen everything from uh, the dreaded tallow trees, the dreaded Chinese popcorn trees, whichever you want to call it. They are beautiful this year. There's purple and red leaves, and that's the reason we love that tree. And yes, I also saw one yesterday that the leaves have fallen off of and the white popcorns are there. The popcorns, of course, are about a half an inch across. They're full of seeds and they are, in fact, part of the reason why this is just about the most invasive tree in the South. Um, and, and, And they are beautiful. If you have one, please go and cut them all off and paint them and use them for decorating. 
and get rid of the tree if you possibly can. I know if it's an established tree, you probably can't do that. But I'm telling you, this tree is invasive, this tree is a problem, and this tree is displacing native species that we actually love and want. Okay? Okay. Oh, dear. That's really lovely. <laughs> that, that garden's still underwater, huh, John? Hmm. Interesting. Um, Oil-filled electric radiator styles, that can be helpful. That can be helpful. Um, they do have their own temperature settings a lot of the time, and it's hard to find them, too, by the way, Varnado. Thank you for that. It's a good piece of information. I, 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 if I was going to build, if I had all the money in the world and I was going to build myself a greenhouse and heat it, I'd be back to the old-timey boilers. That was the most efficient effective form of heat that I've ever encountered in, in greenhouse environments. But sadly, you know, sadly, um, Greg says, you know, the problem with the space heater is the bill at the end of the month, too. And that is true. These are not, these are, none of these things are cheap. You understand that my big tall hoop house used to have a tropical environment in it in the winter. And then, along about, oh, 99, 98, some, no, sooner than that, probably, 97, the uh, price of natural gas went up whenever that was. I couldn't afford to heat the thing anymore. So that's when it became passive solar and plants that don't need a whole lot of warmth. That's when my house became the environment that I share. And now I've realized that there's not any room for any more people. There's room for more plants, but there's no room for any people in my house. I've got plants in every room, and um, I'm probably going to have that end-of-the-month thing surprise that Greg's talking about, but mine will be for the additional lights that I use on my plants. Interesting world we live in when you have to actually think about those things. How do we learn to learn? How do we learn to think about things anyway? New York University does this sort of studies, uh, these things about, uh, they were one of the groups that studied a lot about how do we test children, one of the universities that did that sort of research. But what we're understanding now is what so many teachers, as well as parents, but so many teachers have said is that if all we're doing is teaching to the test, we're not really teaching anybody how to learn anything. We're teaching them how to take a test. That is true. We do have to have some kind of measures. Never forget, you know, my dad was the director of testing for a school system at one time, so I took all the tests at that particular several-year period um, because they were testing the tests as opposed to teaching us to take the tests. They were testing the tests. He knew pretty much what we knew and how smart we were or not. And so if a test had a really radically different result from us, he had to understand, he had to figure that it wasn't going to be that good for anybody else either. But we took a great series of things. We learned a lot of stuff that way. It was interesting. New York University's work is teaching us that the thing that your third grade teacher said was true. You got to focus. You got to focus. You got to shut out everything else when you're trying to learn something. The distractions are what can get in your way, all right? And if you just are learning the distracted parts, you're not really learning the lesson. Um, we used to explain why you went to college 
in particularly in a liberal arts curriculum was because you were learning to learn so that no matter what else you went out and decided to do if you went to graduate school if you went into a career whatever it was open to business whatever you decided to do you would be smarter and better at it because you had learned how to learn things over your life i still rely on that every single day but in this case we're finally looking at it in a very very specific point of view as any educator will tell you, you can't just collect the information. Um, it's, it's not really the point. And this is reported in the journal Nature, so it's not baloney. Rather than using our brains to just put all that info in, you know, store it up, isn't that what we have the Internet for? I mean, there's, that's what we have libraries for is to store that stuff. But how to access it, how to get to it, how to learn what you need to learn is actually the point of all of this. And indeed, the, the way memory works... Um, the neurons do, in fact, store information gained from experience so that that same information can be recalled later. But the understanding neurobiology of all of that is very, very difficult for, for us to get because people do learn in different ways. You know, people figure things out um, based on their own point of view, their surroundings, and also, frankly, the things that are different about them. Some people have a lot of anxiety around these things. Some people have other forms of mental issues that don't let them learn without the distractions. So it is all about putting the distractions aside. If you have ever learned and taught, if you've ever made yourself write a paper in a crowded library because you couldn't take the volumes out of the library, you know what I'm talking about. If you have ever fixed a car on the side of the road when there was traffic whizzing by, you know what I'm talking about. You're, you're doing something that you have to get the distractions out of the process. So I really love this. Um, the, the work that they did is just so interesting. They didn't want to shock anything or do anything odd and crazy. So what they did was to just change stuff enough that it helped with uh, the bits and pieces that were coming along, you know? Pretty interesting stuff. Yeah, despite the fact that we're seeing a little rain, maybe just enough so I don't have to water everything, there's a lot of sun out here. I hope you're feeling sunny, and I hope you'll stick around. This is Weekend Gardening. is about overcoming obstacles. This is Ernie Johnson Jr. And those are the stories I love to tell in the broadcast booth. But the courage of college athletes is more than matched by another group of young men. The boys fighting Duchenne muscular dystrophy. It's the most prolific genetic killer diagnosed in childhood. And there's no cure. But college football coaches are doing something about it. And you can help. It's called Coach to Cure MD. Text the word CURE to 501-501 to donate $25 on your next mobile phone bill or go online at coachtocuremd.org. Text the word CURE to 501-501 today. Help college football coaches cure MD. You'll be proud you did. 
Brought to you by the American Football Coaches Association and Warner Ladder. Thinking about selling your home? Save your equity and list for less Mississippi. Don't pay 5 to 6% commission selling your home. Call Susan Dora with List for Less Mississippi. Susan is a full-service real estate brokerage company offering the sellers a cost savings. Susan gets homes sold and sold fast for top dollar. Give her a call today at 601-201-8783 or visit her online at buyhomeswithsusan.com. That's buyhomeswithsusan.com. Attention! If you deal with anything from minor to extremely hazardous environmental spills, you've got to check out the full line of absorbents at ESI Supply. They've got white and gray absorbent pads by the bundle or by the roll, sock knit broom products, oil gator, oil dry, spill kits, and more. Just because you haven't had a spill doesn't mean you won't. Give the guys at ESI a call to find out more about how you can be prepared and protect your business's liability. 601-933-4910. That's 601-933-4910. Or visit ESISupply.net. Hey, this is Jimmy Primos at The Range in Gluckstadt. We'll be closed Thanksgiving Day, but we're going to open at 9 a.m. Friday with some great doorbuster specials like top-of-the-line Smith & Wesson ARs in 5.56 and 22 long rifle at prices so low I can't repeat them on the radio. And 9mm ammo, $19.99 a box, no limit. We'll also have sale prices on guns, ammo, and accessories all weekend. Please help us support the Marine Corps' Toys for Tots by bringing in an unwrapped toy, and we'll give you a free hour on our indoor shooting range. Hey parents, here's some good news for America's future. Kids ages 5 to 11 are now eligible for a COVID vaccine. That means all those future CEOs and artists, the world-class chefs and sports stars, the engineers and the innovators, they're all eligible for a vaccine that can help protect their future. And it's specifically formulated just for them. Find vaccines near you at vaccines.gov. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Are the trees and shrubs running your yard instead of you? Let the tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros take out your problem limb by limb. Baroni's Tree Pros is your complete tree, shrub, and stump removal service. No job is too big for the tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros. And with our superior cleanup, you can't go wrong. Baroni's Tree Pros, 601-345-8090. 601-345-8090. That's 601-345-8090. Or online at baroniestreepros.com. That's baroniestreepros.com. At Fillmore Buick GMC, we strive to make buying your next vehicle easy and take care of you long after you drive off the lot. That means upfront and honest pricing, doing everything we can to make the time you spend in the dealership as short or as long as you need. It means we understand that purchasing a vehicle is more than just a transaction for you. We want you to enjoy the experience as much as we appreciate your business. Find your next Buick, GMC, or pre-owned vehicle at FillmoreBuickGMC.com. Fillmore Buick GMC. You drive everything we do. Come and listen in to the radio station where the mighty hosts of heaven sing. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. If you want to hear the songs of Zion coming from the land of endless spring, get in touch with God. Get in touch with God. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. And listen to the music in the air. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Heaven's glory share. Heaven's glory share. Turn your lights down low. Turn your lights down low. I don't know. I think you better turn your lights up. It's Saturday morning and this is Weekend Gardening. Welcome in. Thank you very much for being here. Good question on the C Spire text line today about cactus, a uh, Christmas cactus. How, how low of a temperature can it take? 
I'm um, I'm not sure what it can survive, but it would not be very much lower than 40, and it certainly isn't going to be giving you what you want in terms of flowers if it's um, living through that through temperatures much lower than that. It prefers temperatures um, between about 60 and 80 in to to bloom and and do beautifully in your house. Now, before we bring them in. We let them have a little bit of a chill outside. We also let the days get a little shorter, as they naturally do, and then slow down on the fertilizer, slow down on the water, and the next thing you know, we've got some buds. And right now, mine is budded up. I know a lot of people's are already in bloom. Some of those are what's technically called Thanksgiving cactus, and they're lovely. Some are just blooming sooner um, than, than we see them some years, but that's not surprising. It's been, a, a, as we say, an, an anomalous year for our plants but uh, don't let it get cold don't don't know if you if you see that your christmas cactus is getting thin leaves looking they're starting to look like they're wilty that could be from cold it could also obviously be from lack of water but it can be from cold um that's you don't want that that that's going to help that's going to make them suffer and that's not a good thing Beautiful, beautiful pictures. Love, David. Thank you very much for sending um, pictures of these persimmon jams. Oh, my goodness. And by the way, yes, Fuyu persimmons are wonderful. But I have to say the native ones are good, too. But this particular, these particular jams, um, you've got a good friend there to make those. I'm, I'm perfectly ready to host, anytime anybody's ready, the uh, Bacon Biscuits and Bacon Jelly competition fundraiser, whatever you're doing. If it involves biscuits and jelly, I'm there. So you can count on me. I'll be happy to be part of the party to put that on. What should we raise money for? You help me decide. Some kind of scholarship somewhere probably, right? Probably so. Be a good thing. Uh, let's see. Greg and Nettleton says that I was a great daughter. <laughs> he said he bets I was a great daughter. I have to. Um, she probably is listening today, and this will make her blush. But we all know, everybody, everybody knows that like the Smothers Brothers, um, my dad liked my sister best. <laughs> you know, there's, that, that's just there's just no question about that. He, they're so much alike. He did, however, say that he lived to be well over 80 because he was curious to see how I was going to turn out. So maybe that helped too. Some of that, some of that's good. I do know that when the hydrangeas in my front garden and back garden are acting as goofy as they are, he would like it because he always liked unpredictable things in the garden. Um, he, he liked it when the azaleas would put on two blooms in December. He thought that was funny, you know, that they were, like the, the, the plants were somehow celebrating the holiday with him. But in, in the case of my hydrangeas, I never did cut. It, it started to rain, but they, the flowers were not damaged, so I left them. So that means that now I have completely brown flowers, a few, because I've, I've, they've aged out. I cut off most of them, but they've aged out a few more. Then I've also got some that just have the most magnificent red and kind of yellowish-green tones to them. I can't cut them. They're too pretty. I enjoy looking at them every time I drive into the driveway or walk into the yard. And then I've still got one on each plant that's brand new, has blue flowers on it as if it was June. I don't know what this is all about, but I'm enjoying it, and they're beautiful. Um, It's one of those things that's just goofy enough to appeal to me. And yes, my pop would have liked that.
And a couple of other things that are going on in the garden that you may be working on right now, I, I was happy to hear, had a conversation with someone um, about a week ago about the fact that she couldn't even give it away, you know, when you've got a plant that you can't even give away. And if it's one that you really like, it's a surprise. If it's one that nobody likes, well, maybe somebody will take it and maybe not. But a juga is the flattest ground cover that you'll grow right up until it becomes a clump. And it, it, it will clump four inches tall or five or six, kind of depending on the variety. But it has beautiful, beautiful, their, their leaves can are green and they're spatulate. That means they're shaped like kind of like spatulas, like spoons. But um, there, there also are available varieties with multiple colors in the leaves, purple leaves, and, and flowers that are just lovely in the springtime. It is one of those ground covers that you can literally plant and forget. So if you're looking for a ground cover for a shady area where the grass won't grow, consider a juga. You don't have to go get it from my friend because she's got she has found somebody to take some of it. But if you're if you're looking for ones that are simple to take care of and do not run over everything in the way that Asiatic jasmine can or some of our other ground covers can go for the clumping sorts and particularly look for a juga. It's also called bugle flower or bugle weed. Um, it's a j u g a. Real simple. Every garden center knows it, and and you'll you probably some of your neighbors have it if you if you live in an area that has some shade. Well, we're coming up to the end of time for forcing, so get yourself to the garden center. Start those beautiful paper whites in some gravel now. You'll still be able to present them for gifts in a few weeks. It's not hard to do. If you missed how to do, here's how to do. Gravel in a bowl, real simple. Don't need drainage for this one. Get yourself a nice, fat, maybe two or three makes a better show than just one, but if it's a small bowl, hey, just one is good. Paper white or the golden Salil uh, Dior Tazetta, which is also beautiful that's done this way, but it's it's gold colors. So you can do white ones or you can do gold ones. One one bulb needs to be nestled. The next bulb needs to be almost touching it, but not quite nestled in. You want to put them down halfway into the rock so that they're there and stable. Okay. Then we're going to water this one time and put it in the dark. I put mine underneath the kitchen counter in the, in a cabinet under dark in the darkness. Look at them every now and then, because you may need to add a little bit of water, but not much. They'll begin to grow almost immediately because they are ready. Trust me, this is their time. They'll get about three inches tall, four inches tall. They'll be white. That's called etiolation. That means it's a growth without chlorophyll because there's no sunlight. That's what we want. That's going to keep these things from being two and a half feet tall in your four-inch bowl. Okay, So the get, take them out when they get to that height water, put them into a sunny window, and at that point they're going to turn green, they'll they'll develop their chlorophyll, and you can begin giving them as gifts within another week or ten days. It doesn't take long to do this. They will not be in full tilt bloom when you give them, and that's actually nicer because then the person can enjoy it at the house. There's also another thing out there. I, I, you, you never know what's going to be in these um, supply chain issues that people are talking about, but for the most part, garden plants are not. Um, at this at this stage, and I'm particularly thinking of boxed amaryllis bulbs. I don't know for sure if you've ever grown one, but if you've not, this is the year to do it. It's another plant that you grow indoors, and if you have a if you have a yardstick you can set next to it, please do because it's really impressive. They grow 
many inches a day. And they eventually go from being this big gnarly bulb with no leaves on it at all to being a tall spike with beautiful flowers on it that can be two feet tall. It's a magnificent plant and one that you really do want to consider as a gift. If you've not had one, give it to yourself. But while you're there, get one for somebody you like. I can tell you that they make great teacher gifts because they're self-contained. And as, as we all know, having been raised by teachers, I can tell you that they really like everything to be all there in one place. Like you can check it off on your list. Okay? Think about it. Hey, now. I hope your turnip greens are doing well. I know trays are. I saw them this week. My goodness. It's a good time of year to be a gardener. We got some more to go. Stick around. This is Weekend Gardening. Prevention providers such as insurance agents and doctors are necessary, but they're not free. Another is 811. By calling 811 before you dig, pull a stump, or erect a mailbox, you could be preventing a call to 911. This service is free, and free is a beautiful thing. Hello, I'm Sam Johnson from Mississippi 811. Call 811 two days before you dig, and let's have zero damages, zero injuries. Are you looking for a contractor for your new home or remodel? Go licensed. Unlicensed contractors may try to convince you that pulling your own permit can save you money, but they may do shoddy work, or in some cases, no work at all, costing you far more in the long run. Protect yourself and your investment by comparing estimates from three licensed contractors. Remember, go licensed. For more information, contact the Mississippi State Board of Contractors at msboc.us. Innovative Health Clinic in Ridgeland is now offering monoclonal antibody treatments. Monoclonal antibody therapy offers a way to help reduce and prevent severe symptoms in COVID-positive patients and for those who have been in close contact with someone who has tested positive. Most insurance providers will cover the cost. If you are uninsured, you may be eligible for reimbursement through the federal government. To find out if you are eligible for this treatment option, Call Innovative Health Clinic today, 601-944-5585. Philium Corporation knows the technology is constantly evolving, especially in these challenging times. With so many people working at home, securing and guarding your company's data on-site or remotely is more critical than ever. As we all adapt to the new normal, Philium continues to help you stay secure and current with IT support and security and forensics, plus cloud services and networking, mobile communications, body cams, and in-car video systems. Contact us at Pillium.com. Smart people, smart business, smart solutions. Your home for Ole Miss sports. WFMN Flora Jackson. Super Talk Mississippi. Powered by your tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros. 601-345-8090. I'm Andy Davis, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. With the signing of the $1.2 trillion Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act, it included reauthorization of funds and the addition of new funds for the Mississippi Department of Transportation. Executive Director Brad White says that includes over $3 billion over five years. But we were already anticipating, based on the last five-year authorization, at least $2.6 billion of that. We are getting a little extra money that will be put to good use, but all 
of this are funds that will be run through the existing programs and categories and the formulas that are used through Federal Highway to administer all of the dollars. And Governor Tate Reeves will take part in a nationwide prayer event a few days before the U.S. Supreme Court hears oral arguments in an abortion rights case. That's happening on December 1st. Reeves and State Representative Ronnie Crudup Jr. will join pro-life leaders tomorrow the 28th for Pray Together for Life at New Horizon Church in Jackson at 8.30. I'm Andy Davis. Why join Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation if I'm not a farmer? Let's start with the valuable discounts on vehicles, travel, farm equipment, and much more, all of which would cover the cost of your membership. Throw in the insurance products, smarter banking, and agricultural advocacy, and the choice is clear. When Mississippi farmers thrive, we all thrive. You can bet the farm on it. To learn more about the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation, visit us online at msfb.org. My son is not some statistic. My daughter's not a headline. My girl, she's not someone's agenda. What he, what she is, is irreplaceable. COVID hospitalizations of young people have tripled since the start of summer. So I talked to my daughter's doctor about COVID vaccines. And she said they're highly effective in preventing hospitalizations and deaths, even from the Delta variant. We can do this. Find vaccines near you at vaccines.gov. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. He has such a, a big, generous heart. And he's called to bring his music to the world and to bring his heart to the world. That's Miss Connie Smith, the wife of Mississippi's own Marty Stewart. Marty, along with Hank Williams Jr. and Dean Dillon, were officially inducted into the Country Music Hall of Fame last Sunday. Hall of Fame members like George Strait, Alan Jackson, Emmylou Harris, Kenny Chesney, and Shelley McBride were just a few on hand to pay tribute to the trio of legends. If he looks at you, try not to look so afraid. Just do the best that you can, but don't. I believe God loves country music. And I think when we get to heaven, God's going to play guitar like Maybell. Of course, he's referring to Maybell Carter, who was a prodigy on the guitar, but she was also the mother of June Carter. She would later become the wife of Johnny Cash. If you'd like to see more of this amazing tribute, just visit the Super Talk Mississippi News Facebook page. For Super Talk Mississippi News, I'm Andy Davis. In Sports Mississippi, I'm Dixon Williams. The final Saturday of the regular season finds the Southern Miss Golden Eagles trying to finish on a two-game win streak with a win last week of Louisiana Tech. They'll take on Florida International today in Hattiesburg, 2 o'clock kickoff there. The East and West Division champions in the Southeastern Conference have been decided. Alabama has won the West. Georgia has won the East. They'll meet in the championship game next Saturday. But today, Alabama takes on Auburn at Auburn. 2.30 kick there. Texas A&M is at LSU tonight with a 6 o'clock kick on that one. And the first ever National Junior College Division I football playoffs have been decided. Iowa Western will take on Snow, and New Mexico Military will host the Northwest Rangers in the first ever playoff. The winners will meet for the championship on December the 17th. And the Heinz Eagles have accepted a bid to the Salt City Bowl against Hutchinson Community College, the Blue Dragons, and that will be held on Saturday, December 4th at Hutchinson. This is Super Talk Sports Mississippi. If you are building a new home or remodeling an older home, Amazing Propane is for you. A propane tankless water heater, a propane generator, a propane gas grill and oven, propane fireplaces, and even lighting. Propane, such a versatile, clean, cost-effective source of energy for any home. Energy for everyone. Propane. Visit MSPropane.com. That's MSPropane.com to learn more. 
Why is agriculture so important to the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation? Well, one out of every four jobs in our state depends on agriculture, and it's a $7.35 billion industry for our state. That's a billion with a B. When Mississippi farmers thrive, we all thrive. You can bet the farm on it. To learn more about the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation, visit us online at msfb.org. Ole Miss quarterback Matt Corral and Mississippi State quarterback Will Rogers join eight others in vying to win the top college gridiron honor in Mississippi. And the other eight finalists are Southern Miss defensive back Malik Shorts, Mississippi Valley running back Caleb Johnson, Mississippi College linebacker Jonathan Jones, Alcorn State defensive back Juwan Taylor, Millsaps College wide receiver Moise Tezo, Bellhaven University running back Brad Foley, Jackson State quarterback Shadur Sanders, and Delta State linebacker Marvin Terry. The C Spire Connolly Trophy in its 26th year. The presentation is scheduled for Tuesday, November 30th at the Country Club of Jackson. Beginning at 6.30, CBS football analyst Charles Davis will be the master of ceremonies for the awards program. I'm Dixon Williams, and this is Super Talk Sports Mississippi. your host, the empress of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mamas on the radio now to answer your questions and call you. Hello, baby. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you very, very much for being here today. And yeah, today could be today, live, Saturdays, or it could be a rebroadcast on a Sunday might be the podcast, might be on demand that you've downloaded and put into your pocket to take me with you wherever it is that you might be going. However you're listening and whenever it is, thank you very, very much. Garden Mama can't be here unless you're here. You know, they don't. We don't. We don't just broadcast into the vapor. We we actually broadcast to people, and I thank you for that very, very much. I do apologize that um, our streaming. I know many, many of y'all try to stream this one because there's other. Stuff Stuff going on in your life and you're sitting at your computer but right now we're a little frozen and I'm sure they'll work that out by next week when we're here again lots of things going on in people's minds today about their gardens and I'm appreciating um, the desire to grow millet and the questions about ornamental corn persimmon jam Christmas cactus garage heaters so much going on good question about where to get those paper white bulbs by the way the answer is local nurseries have them, but big box stores may also have them um, in a in if they have a garden center section. But check your local nursery. There's an awful lot of things there that you can find that will turn out to be gifts you don't have to wait on at all. I'm particularly thinking about cooking pear trees and, um, you know, things like that that you might not buy for yourself. But if somebody buys it for you, think about it. Uh, a dwarf lime plant that's never going to be taller than three or four feet tall and will have limes all over it a couple of times a year. Beautiful, beautiful gifts and things you, you might not buy for yourself, but you would buy certainly for somebody else and enjoy it very, very much. Now, where are you and what are you doing? Let's talk gardening. 
the the best way to get in touch, of course, is always the Super Talk call line triple eight eight zero eight eight six three seven. That will give you the opportunity to meet Daniel. He'll put you here on the air with me, and we can talk about your plants. The ceasefire text line six zero one eight seven nine four three nine five. We're definitely having some off-book conversations there today, things that are a little distracting, speaking of learning how to learn by putting aside distractions. We have to do some of that. I I would be amiss if I did not um, recognize today the passing of Stephen Sondheim. If you have if you don't care anything about musical theater, I guarantee you there's one of his songs that you know and it's in your head and it should be and it will stay there. Now, who was Stephen Sondheim for people that never heard of him? Stephen Sondheim was a fellow who's 90-something now and passed away this week and had more impact on American musical theater since anybody, since somebody else I could tell you about that you've also never heard of, because I know about these things. I'm, I'm a student. I'm a practitioner. I can neither sing nor dance, but I sure do enjoy trying. And I'm, I'm going to tell you that there's music as you know, in my life that has changed it, that I love, that I pick up and carry with me. And I I hope that you have something in the Stephen Sondheim um, catalog that, that 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 you appreciate. Songwriters don't always get the credit that they deserve because we think more about the people who sing the songs as opposed to the ones who write them. Okay? If you don't know anything about Stephen Sondheim, I'm going to tell you how to introduce yourself. Go see the new... You can see the old one, but if you're young and you've never heard of any of this stuff, go and see the new version of West Side Story that Steven Spielberg is doing. The musical was written by Leonard Bernstein, who's no doubt one of the biggest influences in my life, and maybe yours if you are of a certain age. But the person who wrote the words for that was 25 years old, and it was Stephen Sondheim. So when you hear Maria, when you hear all of that, the music that comes from West Side Story, you're hearing his words. And if that doesn't touch you, just put on Send in the Clowns and start crying now. Frank Sinatra singing Send in the Clowns will change your life. Okay? There's no question. Make you make you sadder than you've ever been in your life. If you've never listened to any of this music. So that's all I'm going to say. Stephen Sondheim moment. A lot of people are much more articulate than I am. And I'm sure um, that, that there'll be retrospectives and movies and all that sort of stuff. But I'm telling you, if you don't know anything about him, see West Side Story. And you'll you will understand why. He's so wonderful, and why those of us who admire his work particularly admire his work. I'll give you, we can have conversations about it at another time. Um, I have to tell you that I have, a, I actually have a friend who is a friend of Angela Lansbury's who was the person on Broadway in Sweeney Todd. I'm close to all of that. I still don't like that one. <laughs> But that's okay. I don't have to like everything. Triple eight eight zero eight eight six three seven. That is, in fact, the phone number here, and the ceasefire text line. Y'all are laughing at me, and I appreciate that. Six zero one eight seven nine four three nine five. So, what? Tell me, tell me what's going on in your world. I can tell you what's going on in the world of the Australian sea lions, and to me, this is some interesting stuff. I had no idea. I, I don't think about, can't tell you that a New Zealand sea lions even come to the top of my mind very often. 
I have my experience with sea lions is limited to watching them on the Pacific coast and being kind of amazed, you know, and that's about it. But Michigan State University has done a whole lot more to look at the way they are redefining their sea lion habitat in New Zealand. Um, their their forest, they live in the forest, and they are absolutely. We know that they can drag their bodies back and forth. We've seen that. If you've ever seen a beach where the, the sea lions have been, it's really it, it looks as if somebody has stirred it with terrible, terrible devices. Well, that's their flippers. And their flippers, they're, they're not in, they don't really walk on land, but when you realize how far they can go, some of this begins to make sense. In fact, there are expanding populations of people and also the a stress on their habitat of the New Zealand sea lions there's not very, there's not a few of them either there's a lot of them so working in um this this effort with colleagues from Germany and Belgium as well Michigan State University trying to figure out how do we make this make sense because apparently they drag themselves into the forest near the shore and then you go for a walk and you turn the corner, and there's the sea lions. This is not good, okay? Humans drove the sea lions off the mainland to the nearby islands about 200 years ago. That's not good. There's only about 1,200 of them left, and so their environments are precious to the people there to try and maintain it because they've been so reduced in their population. But there's something about encountering a sea lion baby under a pine tree that sets a lot of people off, you know. They don't. It's not only uncomfortable and unexpected, but it sometimes leads to peril for both the animal and the people. Um, the the potential habitat that they have has all kinds of things like commercial logging going on, as well as fences for other things like livestock. And um, yeah, those roads that people are hiking on, going around and finding the creatures. So sea lion mothers being ferociously protective and by the way not overweight at 400 pounds (laughs) they can do a little damage to you to take of you they think you're threatening their baby you know how that goes and in this case they might win so they're working on integrated species distribution to try and help figure out a way not only to mark the environment but to direct other development away from the habitat uh, the last thing you want to, I mean, it's been more than a mile into the forest where they are able to find the babies. And that's that's a surprise, but it's also a danger to both the babies and to the the sea lions themselves. To be honest, I, you probably won't see me near those animals at all, to be honest. <laughs> You're not planning to go to New Zealand anytime soon. Go to the the west coast of the United States and you'll see them there. Crazy. 400-pound mothers. My goodness. That's really something. I don't know what you think about when you consider the biggest creatures on Earth, the biggest things, the biggest organisms. That 400-pound mother sea lion is certainly on somebody's list. But aspen trees form what are called clonal stands. That is to say, perhaps at some point there was just one, 
and then they have cloned themselves to, to be larger. That's why they're exactly the same. They drop their leaves at the same time. They color up in the spring at the same time. And they're just, they pretty much shade out anything that could grow underneath them in these stands because their roots are so interconnected. Well, the biggest one, though, is known as pando. And pando is actually, pando is a simple Latin term. It means I spread. Not really, not really very poetic, but that's what they do. 47,000 genetically identical stems in this thing. This is the biggest one by mass, the largest single organism on Earth. Now, it looks like just striking white bark, beautiful yellow leaves in the fall, and if you've never been, uh, if you've never been with quaking aspens, um, I hope that you look them up and see them somewhere if you don't get a chance to visit because quaking aspens are absolutely beautiful. It's one of those things that you, you, you can't believe that they all move in the same way together, but it is, that's what they do. So Pando's probably been around this particular one 14,000 years, something like that. Much, most of the ones in North America, these clonal stands, are much, much smaller. About three acres is their average out west. That's why you can camp near them, you know, when you go to the Rocky Mountain National Forest. But the longevity and remoteness of this ecosystem means that it has evolved around itself, and other things that can grow with it have evolved there, but nothing else has. And unfortunately... It's, in, it's really in jeopardy. It's, it's dying back. We've now got pictures to show us where it is and where it isn't. Daniel, have you, what do you think about that? Have you ever seen trees that big? To be honest, I have not. I mean, just, just hearing about this is just awesome to learn, and I pretty much learn something new every day when I come on this show. Well, thank you for that. I hope so. I learn something every, every day, too. Jackie's in Brandon this morning on the text line. She's got a soggy soil in the shade. Oh, my goodness. That's alliterative, and I think a lot of us have that, too. Um, she says the soil will not dry out. Okay, well, the first step is to figure out where the water's coming from. If it's coming from above or sideways or flows over it and just you're in a low spot, all of those things will lead you to where you need to dig something out. Now, it might be as simple as the water's flowing down from your house and lands here and stays here in this one spot. You can cut a small ditch, not a, not a big ditch, just a little swale to direct the water away from that spot. That's the first step. It may be something more complicated. Your area may be lower than everything else. It may be possible to bring in just enough soil to bring it up a couple of inches and have it spread out more evenly over the entire section of your yard. Or the third usual possibility is just that the water flows through there and has eroded the parts where you are, and therefore you need to fill in maybe a couple of other areas to one side or the other of it, depending on where the water is flowing from. In other words, if it has eroded down and something's damming up, your water can't go away, then that's why you're having a wet spot. On the other hand, if it's shallower up top, then you may be losing soil of your own out to the, to the other spaces. 
So once you figure out which of those things is happening, that's the long-term solution. In the short term, the wet areas, if you can't plant bog plants, and you know it's, it's, a, it's an issue where you've got to get it to dry out, oftentimes people find that dry sand helps a bunch. You have to literally go out. You hate to work soil that's wet, but you do have to turn it over a bit and let it dry out, partly because you've just turned it over, but also by the addition of dry sand, because dry sand is very absorbive and will help to get some of that out of there. There's not a lot of ways to dry up soil that is wet today. You can't, I mean, it's not something you can do in a minute, but you can certainly find out what the cause is and, and address that. And at the same time, you can dry the soil out that you're working with. Now, I've had places in, in a greenhouse once that were, that were so wet that it was actually growing green thing, green mossy things on top of the rocks in there. I happened to have a bag of perlite, which is another thing that was very absorbive and it will take up a lot of the water. I worked that into those rocks and it never did that again. But... That's not something you can do outside nearly as effectively as you can do inside of a greenhouse. But you see that you're trying to introduce something to the area that will help it to dry out. And I hope that either some sand and combined with figuring out where the water's coming from and why it's staying right there will help you fit, solve that particular problem. Uh, thank you for that question. It's one we don't talk about as often as we might. Um, sometimes we have... We have areas where we wish we could hold a little bit of water, and so we build a dike or, you know, build something to hold the water in. But getting the water out of a particular area, most people will say to you, just plant a bog, you know, plant Louisiana iris, plant plants, plant cannas, plant things that can tolerate that. And that does work, but it's not necessarily the only answer. And so I appreciate that that question. gives me a chance to extrapolate on it a little bit. Um, Let's see. Is this, we're going to talk to Mike in a minute. I was looking to see if he had sent a picture. He does that sometimes, but not quite. Um, we're talking about Mike's plants as, as if he was already here, but he's coming in. And I do look at his other pictures a lot of the time. Let's see what Mike's got going on. Hey, Mike, what's up? Hey, Mike. Well, no dummy me, I, let, I didn't let, I let the nature go too fast for me, and I let the cold set in, so my dumb pain is not going to make it. I know it's not. It's in one of those big old cattle feed uh, bucket things, so black buckets. And uh, I'm just wondering, uh, I thought about just pulling those out and uh, planting onions in there. Can, can, I, can I not, uh, what is it, this distance on onions, about an inch and a half planting them? I thought about going in a spiral yeah. pattern. Yeah, that's Not fine. Great. I mean, get, get. If you can put your bulb onion sets um, about an inch and a half apart, you'll have green onions before the first of the year. Plenty enough to, to pick, okay? I'm sorry about your dumb case. I hate that. life, anyway. Thank you, Mike. I'm sorry that happened, but it it does sometimes. We, we, we get one, we lose another. Oh, my goodness. Mama's here. Stick around. This is Weekend Gardening. Prevention providers such as insurance agents and doctors are necessary, but they're not free. 
Another is 811. By calling 811 before you dig, pull a stump, or erect a mailbox, you could be preventing a call to 911. This service is free, and free is a beautiful thing. Hello, I'm Sam Johnson from Mississippi 811. Call 811 two days before you dig, and let's have zero damages, zero injuries. Are you looking for a contractor for your new home or remodel? Go licensed. Unlicensed contractors may try to convince you that pulling your own permit can save you money, but they may do shoddy work, or in some cases, no work at all, costing you far more in the long run. Protect yourself and your investment by comparing estimates from three licensed contractors. Remember, go licensed. For more information, contact the Mississippi State Board of Contractors at msboc.us. Do you suffer from allergies, sinus or respiratory problems, or just want to improve the quality of air you breathe in your home or business? Pure Air Consultants can help. As your indoor environmental specialist, we clean air ducts, install UV lights, and service all makes and models of heating and cooling systems. We offer the most dependable Energy Star qualified systems in the industry. Call Pure Air Consultants today, 601-939-7420. A proud provider of Ream Home AC Systems. <laughs> Are you feeling it? <sighs> Ream, the new degree of comfort. Stop. David Cox here, Omar Financial. Do you have a 401k, IRA, retirement, or CD coming due? We can help with market-like returns and zero risk. Call David Cox, 957-3841, 957-3841 now. The hunt is over for all your deer camp setup needs at Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile in Bolton since 1871. Get your food plot set up with mixes from Pennington, J&J, and Wax Company, along with ryegrass from Nelson and Marshall. And don't forget the wheat for those doves, along with fertilizer, spreaders, and sprayers. Feeders by Boss Buck Gravity and Moultrie, filled with rice bran original, peanut butter, persimmon, along with corn, mineral salt, as well as that Buck Robber game attractant. Game cameras, hunting license, wasp and bug sprays, and much, much more. Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile, your deer camp setup specialist. Downtown Bolton since 1871. Looking for the perfect gift? Get him a shirt from Untuck It. Now you can get up to 50% off with the Black Friday sale happening right now at Untuck It. Untuck It shirts are designed to be worn untucked. They're the easiest way to keep them looking sharp and feeling comfortable. You can't go wrong with our super soft flannels and wrinkle-free shirts, so don't miss it. Up to 50% off for a limited time only. Find the perfect gift for every guy in your list at UntuckIt.com or 80-plus Untuck It stores. Untuck It. Shirts designed to be worn untucked. Hey, I'm here with Alex Murray of Auto Innovation. At Auto Innovation, we want to change your car buying experience. When you're in the market for a quality pre-owned vehicle, please come see us. We want to make friends, not just customers. All eligible vehicles are inspected by a Master Tech mechanic and come with a limited powertrain warranty on us. We are located on Highway 51 in Ridgeland. Come by and see us or check out our inventory online at autoinnovation.net. Let us change your car buying experience. Auto Innovation, Highway 51 in Ridgeland. Family Termite is a proud VIP sponsor of the Handyman Show on Super Talk Mississippi. Whether you're a proud DIYer or a seasoned veteran, Mississippi's handyman Buddy Slowick has the answers to your home improvement questions each Saturday from 10 till noon. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. Celebrating our 40th anniversary at Cock of the Walk. Voted the best catfish in Mississippi with our grilled or fried catfish along with greens, coleslaw, and a skillet of our homemade cornbread. With locations on the Reservoir, Pocahontas, and one mile from the Grand Ole Opry in Nashville, Tennessee. Catfish, hush puppies, and fried dill pickles. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. I like chicken. I like fish. I like hush puppies. I love it. Catfish is excellent. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. 
Welcome into Weekend Gardening. I like gardeners. You know why? We're optimistic people. Even when the dumb cane dies, we're going to plant some onions. You know, that's just the sort of thing we're up to, right? Exactly right. Is uh, is Jim on the line from Laurel, perchance? Yeah, he's on line three. Okay, we'll put him up here with me, and we will talk a moment. And uh, get that. tell the other guy to send me an email. Hey, Jim, what's up? Good morning, Barbara. I think we're going to have to have a funeral around the house today. Uh-oh. My light went out on my three-year, two-year-old jalapeno plant, a bell pepper later. I think it bought the farm last night. Well, you well, know, I, I mean, I, you had a long, you had a good long run. You know, so. <laughs> well, Garvin, what I'm going to talk to you about, you talk about these trees and these root systems and stuff. Now, Garvin, I was raised out in the country. Uh, I've been told all my life, there's not one or two, uh, well, my mind just went blank. Uh, dogwood. There's not one or two dogwoods out there in the forest. The rest of you see growers growing off the root system. Is that right? That's quite possible. That's one of the reasons that is speculated about for why they're so difficult to transplant is that they're not actually independent trees. Well, I was wondering about that. You talking about these root systems. Yep, uh, I have heard that. I don't. I don't know if any. I don't know if anybody has done enough of an example. Um, you know, a study type thing to to give us the example of like this one is three miles wide. This one's eighteen feet. You know, we haven't we haven't got those studies yet. But one of the the, the classics about um, transplanting dogwoods from the woods is that the closer it is to the to another dogwood, the more difficult it's going to be to transplant, usually because their roots are the same. And so that's what, I mean, that's a, it, it's almost an old wife's tale, except that it wasn't an old wife that told it to me. So <laughs> it was a very, yeah. very well-respected nurseryman. I got some of the fruited wild roots here up the same. Nice. i never tried transplanting them because I like to look at them. I don't want to kill them. Well, there you are. That's a good, it's a very good point of view. <laughs> Mommy, y'all have a great weekend. <laughs> Take care, Jim. Thank you, sir. You be careful out there. Yeah, sometimes we just have to say the light went off and it died, and we, you know, we we lost that one. It does happen sometimes. Now that in that regard, it, one of the other things that that we often find people doing is dragging plants in and out of the house. That can be useful. And on the other hand, you can miss a night, and the next thing you know, I mean, I, I really do think it's a little better to set up a system that, even if it doesn't work all the time, <laughs> then I think that we'll have a better um, opportunity for it to work most of the time. Something else that's working at my place and probably at yours, too, I have uh, the, the, the container business has been doing a beautiful job, but the pansies have been lovely. I talked about um, the <laughs> I talked about the one daffodil that came up and sort of ruined my show, but I got to tell you, I looked out underneath the Clara Curtis mums, which are still in full tilt bloom. The bees are so happy for that. There's actually a couple of 
the narcissists that have been there for 20 years coming up a little bit out there. But those kind of do that just about any time. They'll come up and, and sit there for a couple of months. I'm concerned that the ones that just got planted are going to go ahead and get going. But it tells you this time of the year, though, you may want to be fertilizing those daffodils. If you look out and see that they're coming up, could be daffodils, could be grape hyacinth, you know, could be some other one of the, the bulbs that you rely on for spring early spring, late winter, whichever, depends depends on when they come up. But those things can all be fertilized now. Crocus and hyacinths, too, if you're planting them or if you're cultivating them, just make sure that you are, if, if it's raining a bunch where you are, make sure you give them some fertilizer right after that. That's a really good time for it. I'm, I'm happy to say um, it, it's rained enough, but it hasn't rained a great deal. So I've still got things rooting in containers outside. Nothing's gotten overwhelmed yet. We'll cross our fingers. Have you ever heard of a living wall? Well, living walls um, are sometimes thought of as a makeshift. You don't you don't have anything else you're going to grow vertically. You know, you're going to put things in to, to grow up. And we've also thought about them in terms of softening architecture. That from a design point of view, plants on a wall really is a more intriguing um, three-dimensional type shape and something that can be either calming or inspiring or you know there's a lot of ways you can look at that sort of stuff but when we look at University of Plymouth has been looking at retrofitting existing masonry cavity walled buildings now those are not that popular in the south although we do have some but anywhere that you have a setback wall for example you could produce this you could create it I really like this Retrofitting that existing masonry wall with a green or living wall, as they call it, they're both the same thing, can actually reduce the amount of heat lost by more than 30%. So what they're saying to me is that this plastic around the base of my house that's off the ground is a good thing. Might be even better if I planted something in that lattice that has the plastic. Hmm, I have to think about that. Something to consider. Um, I love that they did the, the, the math for this. Daytime temperature would remain more stable and less energy was required to heat the area. Writing in the journal, building an environment. I think they're trying to find more ways for this to work because more people are doing it for good reason. I mean, that's why sod houses were were first developed, you know. Um, you could think Little House on the Prairie or those, it's not that one, but it's in that series where they actually build a house and it's covered with sod into the side of a hill because it was so cold there that they needed that protection. So we know that it, that it happens. But with buildings directly accounting for almost 20% of the UK's greenhouse gas emissions, they're now looking for ways to mitigate that in very conscious act, you know, conscious activity, it could be a game changer. Um, this is another one I just, this is a stat I had no idea about. Space heating accounts for 60% of all the energy used in buildings in the UK. Yeah, it's a little chillier there than it is here. So they really do need to do something about it. And living walls is a way to go. How long do we have to plant daffodil bulbs? Oh, at least 
three weeks, four weeks. Um, there are people who won't plant them until January because they worry f- there'll be warm weather that'll make them come up too soon. But I like to see them get into the ground in November and December, even and in containers as well, because not because I want them to come up like my one, my one has done, but because I want them to have plenty of time to root and put on very strong stems. So I'm I like to get them planted by the end of December, maybe a little sooner if possible. Which reminds me, there's another bag of daffodil bulbs at my house. Andrea, thank you. Now I have to go do some more work. Oh, well, that's, that's, that's just one of those things. I forgot those were in there until just now. Very cool. That's a very beautiful picture, by the way. Um, really lovely, lovely picture in there. I don't know what it was from, but it's lovely. Just beautiful. By the way, Andrea, I hope your Queen's Tears has turned out to be as lovely as mine. Um, It's really, really been beautiful. I've enjoyed it so much. It's so quick. The flowers come up and they blow open and just are gorgeous for just just a few days. And then the next one comes open. So it's been fun. I don't know if you want to study the history of insect invasions. I don't think I do. But... uh, They do. People do. People have to study this. And now we know probably more than we wanted to about it. Thousands, not hundreds, not scores, not a few individuals, thousands of non-native insects have hitchhiked into the United States. Now, probably the most famous for our part of the world is the fire ant. The fire ant, and yes, We love you, Mobile, but all the evidence does point to you, despite your efforts to put it somewhere else. A container ship came into Mobile with the fire ants in it, and, well, the rest, as they say, is history. But working in science advances, they're trying to understand the risks of these invasions and the risks of them getting established. That's the other part that is really very, very difficult, um, are are hemipteras, okay, the the little ones, plant-feeding insects that that are are true bugs, but aphids, but also in in scales, too. These are all pests for us, but the non-native ones don't have anything that eats them, so they're even a bigger, bigger problem. There are more than 80,000 insect species in this group, and their movement, because they're so tiny, their movement between continents has been really intense. We probably spend at least, um, you know, 30% of our time as gardeners and farmers in terms of pests worrying about the hemiptera. And, and that's why understanding where they came from and how they get there and, frankly, what to do about them makes so much sense. The history of these invasions can really give us some insight into the future and how to deal with them. I love that we require this as part of biosecurity. That's because, obviously, if we have an invasion large enough to destroy our food crops, we would have a serious security problem. And as many as 25% of the hemiptera insects have yet to be detected, but we know they're there. We've identified them somewhere, but we haven't found them, found where they've gone off to. That's not good. That's a lot of bugs. That's why one day there's something, you know, something that surprises you, that something else surprises you even more. Well, that's one of them. J.J. says that uh, fire ants destroyed the quail populations. 
I did not know that. I did know that they they had a terrible impact on bird populations in in a, qu- a couple of different instances. Really big problems. They they're they're dangerous. And when I tell you that I am 99 and 44 100% an organic gardener, that's because I will when necessary to protect children and pets, you know, and livestock, frankly, um, I will go after those those things, th- those fire ants with something that I wouldn't ordinarily put into my garden. But I won't put it in the food part. And frankly, I will then also work very hard to find the ways to get rid of them. Um, Greg is now typing in all capitals. I think he may have found the tequila. I'm not sure. But he says um, the they're 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 bad. The, the the ladybugs are bad out there. When we have ladybugs that that are looking for a place that's warm, they're multiplying outdoors and then they're looking for some place to come indoors and, and hang out because it's cold out there. It's really the same with sugar ants, but sugar ants we can generally take care of with paper towels and vinegar and water, you know, just wipe down the surfaces and they're not gonna come back to that surface. But the ladybugs are sometimes a bit more intrepid. And I, I will tell you that a vacuum cleaner is your best friend, but it, it's important to not leave them in the vacuum cleaner because they'll multiply. So empty the vacuum cleaner after you vacuum up the ladybugs. I promise it's, you need to do this. Um, diatomaceous earth, I, you, you know, I really do approve of diatomaceous earth, JJ. Um, and yes, they will, they will assist with. Anything, for example, if you're dealing with an, an ant mound and you surround it with diatomaceous earth so that that's the first thing that they find when they go out to forage, that they will be destroyed by it. The individuals that cross it will be destroyed. It's not something that they can take back into the mound, but you can certainly knock down their population with it. And I believe in diatomaceous earth simply because it works for so many of those kinds of things. Until I realized what it could do to keep slugs and snails from getting um, established in my garden, there was a day every year when I had slugs attached to my back door screen. If, if you think that'll turn your children off going, wanting to go out into the yard, believe me, it turns them off. <laughs> what do you mean? I'm not going out there. Look at that. Well, they, they're, they're not pleasant. And then I learned that diatomaceous earth not only keeps them from getting to the house because they cross over it and it tears them up, it's sharp little body parts of the diatoms, of the fossilized diatoms, but it, which, by the way, is an algae that has a silicon sh- uh, cell layer, okay? That's why they do that. When we, when we grind them up, when we grind up their, their bodies, the, their dead bodies, when we grind all that up, we end up with all those sharp edges because of the silica, which is another reason you should wear gloves when you garden. It's not that it's going to hurt you. But if you have an open spot, a, a torn cuticle or anything like that, it is going to hurt you. And so that's a good reason. Yet another reason to give someone a pair of gloves in a stocking stuffer. We've got lots of stocking stuffers to talk about. We'll be doing that as we get into December. But uh, for those of you who don't know, Hanukkah starts on November the 28th this year. So there's some of us that are already kind of busy in that department. What are you going to do for so-and-so? wonder what they like to eat. Wonder if they would like a plant. Is there a book? Oh my goodness, so many things to consider. This is Weekend Gardening.
Sports is about overcoming obstacles. This is Ernie Johnson Jr. And those are the stories I love to tell in the broadcast booth. But the courage of college athletes is more than matched by another group of young men. The boys fighting Duchenne muscular dystrophy. It's the most prolific genetic killer diagnosed in childhood. And there's no cure. But college football coaches are doing something about it. And you can help. It's called Coach to Cure MD. Text the word CURE to 501-501 to donate $25 on your next mobile phone bill or go online at coachtocuremd.org. Text the word CURE to 501-501 today. Help college football coaches cure MD. You'll be proud you did. Brought to you by the American Football Coaches Association and Warner Ladder. Calling All Women, Innovative Health Clinic is hosting a meet and greet to discuss women's urinary incontinence Thursday, December 2nd from 3 to 7 p.m. A representative will be on hand to answer any questions about the m designed to help relieve urinary incontinence as well as a free 10-minute treatment. Food and beverages will be provided, so call Innovative Health Clinic in Ridgeland at 601-944-5585 and RSVP today. That's 601-944-5585. Research shows moving is one of life's most stressful events, but thanks to Two Men in a Truck Ridgeland, it doesn't have to be. We have everything you need, a professional team who will customize your move, a schedule to fit your convenience Monday through Saturday, and all of the necessary moving supplies, including free padding and stretch wrap to protect your belongings. Don't stress. Let Two Men in a Truck handle your home or business moving needs. Visit twomenandatruck.com for a free, no-obligation estimate. Green Home Solutions is a proud VIP sponsor of The Handyman Show on Super Talk Mississippi. Whether you're a proud DIYer or a seasoned veteran, Buddy Slowick has the answers to your home improvement questions each Saturday from 10 till noon. The best made-to-order lunch in Northeast Jackson is at 4th & Gold Sports Cafe. The Philly Cheesesteak Sandwich or Wrap, Melt-in-Your-Mouth Pulled Pork Sandwich, and the best burger in the Metro. Call 769-208-8283. Once again, 769-208-8283. This Black Friday at Ulta Beauty, we're celebrating a little more. All week, in fact which means a lot more Black Friday deals. November 21st through the 27th, get up to 50% off the hottest brands, plus score even more deals dropping all week long. And cross a little more holiday shopping off your list with a lot more unbeatable deals. So shop in-store or buy online and pick up the same day. Come celebrate more deals. Ulta Beauty. The possibilities are beautiful. Susan, it's so great to finally be able to get together again. Oh, it sure is. And I really appreciate you picking up the bill. I'm happy to. I've got the extra cash. Since we've all been driving so much more again, I've been using GetUpside, the free gas app that pays you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get paid cash when you buy gas with the GetUpside app? Yes, up to 25 cents a gallon. Cash back every time I buy gas. Does that actually add up to anything? Some months I make 200 to 300 bucks. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the free GetUpside app now. Download the free GetUpside app now in the App Store or Google Play to save up to 25 cents a gallon when you buy gas. Use promo code READY for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's up to 50 cents a gallon on your next fill-up. You can cash out anytime to PayPal or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code READY for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code READY. 
I'm surprised that no one has yet written or called today to tell me that they have seen the Beatles documentary or asked if I have seen it. No, I haven't seen it. Yes, I'm going to see it. Um, that's about all I'm going to say because I have, I have mixed feelings about it. I don't want to look at me from 1970-whatever, okay? Much less do I know if I want to look at them. But we'll see. <laughs> we'll, we, we shall see. Weekend gardening rolls on, thank goodness. Uh, every weekend, almost, we have just determined this morning that, in fact, uh, Christmas Day will be a Saturday, and so that will be filled with holiday caroling for you to turn on loud while your family's having a wonderful, wonderful day. We will be back the following Saturday with fun and merriment um, to celebrate the new year. So we look, we'll let you know that and, and look forward to it. I read this story this week, and it bothered me. I just don't know. I just don't know. Um, by the way, talking to Scott in Carrollton, when we are pruning azaleas, we want to do it within one month after their first bloom in the spring, even if it's an encore azalea, which blooms several times during the year. Whether it's that one time or the multiple bloomer, it doesn't matter. We still prune them right after that first bloom in the spring. You can take off as much as a third of the plant's height in one pass. Then it won't grow much better. I mean, it'll grow some, grow back some, but it won't get that big again. For instance, if it's six feet tall, you could take off two feet of it. And then it'll come back again um, the next year, a few inches. You can again take off a third so if you're trying to get it down say below the window you know sometimes azaleas can get kind of aggressive and grow way above where you want them to be but don't take them down all at once unless you absolutely have to because you will lose flowers for some period of time um they're definitely oh let's see Thank you, Greg. That's sweet. Thank you very, very much. Um, Varnado says, nope, not watching the Beatles documentary. <laughs> Maybe he don't want to see you either then. I will say this, though. Um, there's, a, there's, a piece of, there, there's a piece of the story, the legend and all that, about how they broke up and it was all the women's fault that I think you'll find is not true. Um, those of us who lived through it never quite believed that because, well, frankly, we know how much influence women have and how much we don't. So I think we're going to see some different pieces of that particular thing. I did not know this. I, I, I know I knew it somewhere in the back of my head, but I never thought to bring it to you as a discussion. Um, you do not, we do not eat, we, we do not eat Asclepius. We do not eat butterfly weed. Okay, that's not something in the, the human diet. And the reason it's not is because in high enough concentrations, it is actually toxic and fatal. Okay, it can hurt you badly, or even, even a horse. So horses don't graze on it either, neither do cows. But monarchs that do, this is their preference, and I see this as kind of the uniqueness of that plant for them. The reason they feed on it, nobody else does, and the reason we can grow that they can live with so much of it is because of an unusual set of cellular mutations that allow them to consume it without being poisoned. The good news is that the monarchs are back in in bigger numbers in California than we have seen in the last couple of years and that's really good news, but now we understand that the animals that prey on the monarchs have also developed these kinds of mutations. That's why they can prey on the monarchs. I don't like that, but 
the good news is that we now know more about it, so we can work harder to make that not happen. There are mutations in four kinds of monarch predators, a bird, a mouse, a parasitic wasp, and a worm. Well, that's just about everything that eats them. So they had to develop very strong ability to eat the plant that they favor, and at the same time, the things that prey on them are developing the same ability, and I don't like it. Milkweed toxins are the, the are, work on the sodium-potassium pump, of course, which is about nerve firing and um, the regularity of your heartbeat and whatnot. So if you can disrupt that, then you've got a toxic situation. And unfortunately, in humans, for example, um, we use about a third of the energy that we create from food that you know the, the, the we take in food and generate energy and we use about a third of that energy to run this pump when most animals eat milkweed the pump stops working as it would if we ate it don't eat it it's poisonous so two years ago this group from the university of california riverside where it's a big deal of course um, about the butterflies and the migrations and whatnot are a big deal. It's not just all about the swallows at Capistrano, believe me. The monarchs have equal time, if not more. They they worked on the amino acid changes that really don't, that allow on that particular sodium-potassium pump that allows the monarch butterflies really to eat them. And then cleverly, they accumulate more of those toxins in their body so that when the predator goes after them, they may not get such a good experience. Interestingly enough, um, I, I, I don't really want to know that they did this to fruit flies and made them resistant to, as resistant to the milkweed problem as the monarchs, because now that maybe the fruit flies are going to start eating it, we don't need any more competition. But they'll keep that from happening, I think. I hope. Um, Human proliferation. Well, yeah, we are a big danger. You're right, JJ. We're a big danger to the animal world. We take advantage um, of many, many pieces of this um, to the fact, to, to the extent that we are even now um, working on trying to feel, figure out the way that things smell to the extent that we are now trying to, trying to read the minds of worms, which may seem like sort of an odd choice. But it's the Salk Institute, you know. They're not known for doing things that are not important. So understanding the brain activity of tiny worms, and th- which tells us the chemical that they smelled a few seconds before, it's, it's not a novelty. It actually integrates. It's a way that they integrate information. So that's kind of exciting stuff. Um, how the cellular, how the brain functions at the cellular level to process information could obviously be very helpful to all of us in understanding how we, why, what the input they, that we think or why one person hears it differently or understands it differently. Maybe the worms can teach us something. I don't know. Could, could be. Could be. I saved this for you today just because I usually try and end on something that's rather upbeat and positive. But I had no idea that this was a thing. And after seeing it, I'm not sure I wanted to. There is a little-known species of tropical bees. And it's hard for me to even say this out loud because it sounds so outlandish, but they are the only bees in the world that have evolved a particular thing to use food sources not produced by plants. That's right. They have an extra tooth. Did you know they had any at all? They have an extra tooth that will allow them to bite flesh and 
a gut that resembles vultures. These are basically carrion bees. Never heard of this. Never even considered that it would exist. The UCR, University of California Riverside scientists, have been trying to figure out why and how come. And believe you me, the pictures of that raw chicken on the uh, trees in Costa Rica does not make me want to go visit there. But I do want to know more about this because curiosity and gardening go right along together. Please be kind to everybody that you run into. Be nice to yourself, too, and come back again next week for more Weekend Gardening. Weekend Gardening with the Garden Mama is a production of TeleSouth Communications. Your business may be classified as small to mid-size, but you view it as an empire and naturally want it to succeed. Do you have the proper tools in place to efficiently utilize the staff who handles administration of your HR, payroll, time, and benefits? Without changing current processes and proper training, payroll technology alone cannot solve these problems. By utilizing the iSolve platform, MWG Employer Services can create new processes and properly train your staff to maximize the efficiency of this technology. For more information, visit MWGEmployerServices.com. My son is not some statistic. My daughter's not a headline. My girl, she's not someone's agenda. What he... What she is... Is irreplaceable. COVID hospitalizations of young people have tripled since the start of summer. So I talked to my daughter's doctor about COVID vaccines. And she said they're highly effective in preventing hospitalizations... And deaths, even from the Delta variant. We can do this. Find vaccines near you at vaccines.gov. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Football season is here, and Jersey Mike's in Madison would like to celebrate with you. From hand-sliced cold cuts to mouth-watering cheesesteaks made to order with gluten-free and veggie options, too. Stop in and see why we are a sub above the rest. To celebrate the season, we invite all Madison Central JAG students to come by our Madison store on Highway 51 and receive 15% off on Mondays and Tuesdays from 5 to 7 p.m. Choose the winning team with Jersey Mike's in Madison. You want it. You need it. Here's how you get it. Miss Kelly's three-day sale. Friday, Saturday, Monday. Up to 15% off, plus 60 months financing. You want it. You need it. Get it now. For three days only. Big discount, big financing with no down payment. Friday, Saturday, and Monday at all Miss Kelly's locations. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.